Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. I am Ashley Pickle, the video director for Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, and TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us. Live on TexasFootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Maybe Twitch. Regardless, Uh. we're figuring that out. Um, (laughs) Or you're listening to us on on the podcast version, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm, making us at least sound good is Mallory Hartley. Mal, how are you? That wasn't a dig Good. on you, by the way. That was no. like a dig on... I feel like I look tired still. Yeah, me too. And it's... Yeah, I, I may make you sound good but i may not know how to sign into twitch so at least <laughs> i'm know, good for something right yeah hey we we're here <laughs> we all have we? our strengths <laughs> exactly uh today is monday january 3rd 2022 happy new year dorks we're uh new year same us same nonsense yeah. <laughs> things around changing. here don't change <laughs> Today, uh, 325 days until Thanksgiving, January 3rd, the birthday of Eli Manning, turning 41 today. Oh. Happy birthday to the younger Manning cool. brother. And also, uh, rest in peace to Betty White. That is really sad. <sighs> that made me really depressed when I saw that. And the funny thing is, we had talked about it. Me and my other friend had talked about it the day before, and we were like, man, the day that she dies is going to be real sad. I know. And, and then, like, it literally it happened. happened. New Year's yeah. Eve. Yeah, I was yeah. sitting there emceeing the Cotton Bowl, and I looked down, and all of a sudden, I my brother texted me. He was like, Betty White died, and I was like, so sad. Rest yeah, in peace to her. She was a legend. Fantastic. This is episode 1,305. On today's show, friends, we will do our normal Monday nonsense of going through some headlines across the Lone Star State, and then in the back half of the show, we talk with the head coach of those Katie Pato Panthers, um, Coach BJ Gott. After their thrilling, I mean, it was our number one ranked state championship uh-huh. game this year. I think everybody can agree with that. An overtime thriller. So incredibly excited to hear um, what all he has been able to experience since they got that. A very new program. So we're excited to hear from him in the back half of the show. Before we get to any of that fun stuff, Malpal, do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Aaron Arbuckle, Daniel Agnew, Ryan Smiga, and Rob Hadaway. Welcome in, fellas. Welcome in, fellas. 
All right. Well, we hope, first off, everyone had a great new year, a happy and safe mm-hmm. new year. Welcome back. Um, a reminder, you're stuck with Valpal and I for uh, for the next couple of weeks. Tepper is out. So buckle down and let's get started. And I guess we'll start Ooh. off with some headlines across the state. Some some big stuff going on um, in the football realm. As a lot of stuff we... happened this week. Yeah. A lot of stuff happened, especially this weekend. I mean, like you were going through the, the different headlines and stuff, and I'm like, there's a lot of interesting and important stuff that happened, like just literally this weekend. Weekend, you know, yeah. and that's the crazy thing too is we only took off a show on Thursday and Friday because I we were busy uh-huh. doing stuff with Cotton Bowl, and it feels like it's been seven years. <laughs> I know, <laughs> it just in the span of like two days. <laughs> so to start off with, let's go. Um, you probably have seen it over Twitter now, but in case you haven't, UIL realignment the has set their date. That is set for February third. I'm considering this my revenge tour day. Um, <laughs> if you you know flashback to two almost two years two years ago what is happening that's insane flew by flew by Yeah, time has no meaning anymore but if you flash back to almost two years ago we tried to do a uil realignment show um live from the headquarters well not the headquarters of it but up in the dfw location over here and it did not work i was still fairly new to the computer so revenge tour 2022 <laughs> happening going down february 3rd i don't even know exactly where we're going to be doing it from yet which is something that is on my to-do list to get done but there are multiple obviously realignment spots throughout the entire state we'll have people all over um the state i know it usually goes down to the thsca headquarters and everything like that but i promise you revenge tour february 3rd we're going to get that show up going we'll have full realignment coverage i think steps coming back from canada so it'll be a party wherever we're at but that's always a very exciting day Mm -hmm. Um, and i do believe for anyone who i assume would ask we are going to be doing uh the realignment video how realignment works that's one of the most difficult videos to edit uh so i'm gonna try and figure out an easier way to get that done but uh we will have that up at some point but yeah realignment coming up we'll we'll be talking a whole lot more you know leading up to it about it um and to answer a question that i think a lot of people have had will there be 7a i don't that's not coming around this year Mm -hmm. or this realignment next realignment possibly but if you want to kind of check out the scope of what that would look like texasfootball.com step has been doing subscriber pieces about Mm -hmm. it so uh, super interesting to kind of take a look at you know the what if that happened what would it look like when that happens what would it look like yeah Um, very interesting yeah, yeah, that's always it's always fun. A, a good switcheroo. Um, it, I like it too because I feel like it kind of causes some drama too within some schools and stuff. Oh yeah. Some moving up to five A, some staying. You know, it's it causes a little bit of drama and it's oh, very yeah. interesting to well, see. Well, and it's funny too because you have a lot of those. I was I was actually talking to some of my family members about that. They were asking, you know, what do you do in the off season? I was like, well, realignment's coming up. That's a really big thing, mm-hmm. and they're like. They, they change, and it's because yeah. the school districts that they've been involved in really haven't changed much over the years because they're kind of in, like, those middle sections. Right. And I was like, no, guys, but then you get to those schools like a Highland Park, you know? Yeah. It's like they're always right there. A Liberty Hill is always right there on the cusp mm-hmm. of – are they going to be here or are they going to move up? And they kind of fluctuate from year to year. So I was like, some of the teams, yeah, they pretty much stay the same most of the time. But those those teams that are right there on the line. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I remember back in high school, I went to Arlington and Arlington Seguin actually dropped down to 5A, my, either my sophomore or junior year. And I was just like, wait, where'd they go? We don't play them anymore. <laughs> yeah. What happened? What What is all this entail? So that video that you, of course, are going to edit and mm-hmm. make, 
it's going to be very helpful for, for those of you that are watching that don't quite maybe understand the implications or what realignment is all about. So mm-hmm. be sure to check well, that out when too, it comes out. Well, and to every single... Um, Every single realignment, typically the numbers fluctuate too yeah. as to what classifications. It's not substantial. You're not going to go from, you know, <laughs> 1,000 kids to 5,000 right, kids and right. make that different switch. But it's kind of one of those things. They do, it does fluctuate. So it could have implications there. So yes. yeah, realignment day set for February 3rd. We'll have all sorts of coverage about that all off season long. So exciting as always. Up next, Malpal, the Under Armour All-American Bowl game was – not bowl game, All-American – All-America game was played on January 2nd. That was down there in Florida, pitting some of, you know, the nation's top recruits. And so there were a couple of big commitments to come out of that, and yep. there were a couple of ones that we haven't – that we talked about last week when we were talking about some of our top uh, DCTF Hot 100 recruits that hadn't made their commitment yet. We knew some of them were saving it for this day specifically because it's the big hoorah. It's on ESPN. Mm -hmm. You're able to sit there with the analysts. The families are all there. Two different recruits of notes that signed, and we won't get too, too far into it because I am haven't talked to Powers about it, but very much assuming that this is going to be something that we go very in-depth on in this week in recruiting on Wednesday. But it's worth noting at DCTF four star outside linebacker Harold Perkins commits to Texas A&M. And this adds to that unbelievable number one recruiting class that A&M is putting together right now. It's absolutely insane. I was reading an article on this and I've got some stats right here. So they have the number two, mm-hmm. number six, number 10, number 12, number 19, number 32, and now the number 37 recruit. I mean, that is that class is just absurd. I mean, the SEC is like just taking over because you got, you know, Alabama and Georgia have got some top recruits too, but like, that's a scary class to talk about. That A&M now has, uh, they have six five-star recruits in their 20, class of 2022. (laughs) That's scary. (laughs) I mean, yeah, there was a lot of people saying, you know, if you we're so tired of seeing SEC teams in these college football semifinal games, in the national championship games. And then, yeah, I was scrolling through the roster of that All-America game, and I'm it's Alabama, Georgia, A&M, Alabama, Georgia, <laughs> A&M. And it's like, but A&M is the top-ranked class out of the composite scores of uh, our friends at 247. And so it's like, man, Jimbo Fisher has got something rolling down there. But Harold Perkins yeah. ends up committing there. And then on the other side of that, Let's go with a DCTF five-star. That's Duncanville defensive end Omari Abor, and he is committing to Ohio State. And this is not necessarily a super big surprise. Um, Mm -hmm. I did see that he will not obviously sign the official letter of intent until actual national signing day which will come in February it does sound like he's going to be taking a couple more visits yeah just to go I think one of them one of them's to Miami and I th- I think one, one of them's A&M. A&M? Mm-hmm. so not completely decided yet because he goes to A&M Good so grief, yeah like. a, a verbal commit right there but I mean you Ohio State's got to feel pretty stinking comfortable with that if he's going to go on national television and say mm-hmm. this is where I'm going this is where I'm committed to uh, it, something's brewing down there in the water in college station so it's not it's <laughs> not, not out final. of the question yeah but it's not it final until be. pen meets paper it seems like it's about 99 percent done but 
if he's taken two more official visits, nothing's ever over till it's over. Mm -mm. So interested to see there. But those are the two kind of really big commitments that came out of that weekend, which everyone, obviously, we all had our eyes on that to see where they were planning on going. But two schools that uh, we tend to talk about quite often. So not necessarily huge surprises there. And this kind of transitions us into our next thing. We're going to keep on this Ohio State train a little bit. I know that sounds weird. I know we're Texas football today, but this all has a tie-in. Did y'all see what Jackson Smith and the Jigba did? My Lord have mercy, son. So he goes in. This is, of course, the Rockwall product. Uh, he had the the unbelievable game that everyone was comparing this Rose Bowl game to was the 2019 area round game of Allen and Rockwall. Jackson mm-hmm. Smith-Majigba had yeah. six different touchdowns, five receiving, one on the ground. I was at that game. That still to this day has been the favorite, my favorite Texas high school football game that I have attended in person. So he goes out in the Rose Bowl. It was uh, on New Year's Day, Utah and Ohio State. Sophomore wide receiver. Stepping up because their their main wide receivers are all hurt, mm-hmm. injured, out for the game. So he was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to carry the load. How about setting some college football records? 347 yards on 15 receptions. That's, that's the insane part to me crazy and three touchdowns I did you watch that game I did I did and I was I was specifically also watching for him too because I knew he was starting and stuff like that and that game was just I mean we don't have to get too far into the weeds with that game but that game was just nuts it was awesome and and the thing for Ohio State is you needed a guy like Jackson to step up in order to win a game Mm -hmm. like that against Utah so fantastic game fantastic performance by him well yeah and that's what I mean Holly Rowe had said on the sideline she was talking about how she she met up with Jackson they talked earlier this week and it was like Mm -hmm is their pressure what are you having to do and so it was one of those things it kind of took the world by storm but I mean that's a that's an FBS bowl record yeah that 347 yards the 15 catches were a a record in the Rose Bowl itself Mm -hmm. of course that shadowed Ohio State records I mean he went out there and had himself a day but the best part about it was as soon as I saw him I was just laying on the couch you know enjoying a nice chill day and I'm watching I'm going He's doing that thing again. He's doing that thing again. And so then you start seeing the ESPN start tweeting about him. And it's like everyone in the nation is going, wow. But then you look at like our timelines and all of our Texas high school football people and everyone's going, hey, welcome to the Jackson Smith and the Jigba party. Like yeah. we've been known, you know, yeah. and it, it's crazy seeing all these like top guys like tweeting about him and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Cause I'm like, no, we've known about this kid, yep. you know, like not only was this a, yeah, like you said, a Rose bowl record, this was an Ohio state single game record that he broke. And then of course the granddaddy of them all, yep. you know, make, or I guess, yeah. All time bowl game record Uh yeah that kid has never done that in a bowl game before in the history of college football so congratulations to him yeah it was that was so much fun to watch but that just kind of tied in there with uh you know Amari Abor signing up there with Ohio or well uh, verbally agreeing to sign up there with uh Ohio State and it's like man they keep getting those really really good Texas high school football products Something um, we've been knowing. Yep. <laughs> yep. So that was uh that was insanely fun to watch. Congratulations to him. And I always he was a he was always a great kid to talk to yep. when he was in Texas high school football. Always a great interview. Um and to see him get to go get the interview with Holly afterwards, that was I felt like a proud like that was like my first yeah. kind of like proud mom moment. Like Tepper and, and Step and everyone will kind of talk about that of 
oh, I remember, you know, Kyler in high school and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, uh-huh. now it's like, I was like, oh, that's our guy. Good job. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> um, and then finally, um, just one other kind of weird high school football tying back in. Kyler Murray obviously went uh, hashtag sad we dim boys. Yeah. But we don't want to talk about that. It was it is really, really interesting stat to see this. Kyler Murray with that win that Arizona had over the Cowboys yesterday means that he is now eight and O in AT and T stadium. He had uh-huh. the games in high school, the I think it was five it, yeah, I was gonna in, five games in high school. Yep. One in college two, two in, in college, college and then one in the NFL now. Maybe one in college. I don't remember. One in college, two that. in the NFL. Yeah, I that's think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah five yeah. in high yeah. school, uh, one in college, and then two in the NFL. So the only like the only two people, the only two quarterbacks that have more than that in AT and T Stadium are Tony Romo and Dak Prescott. Yeah, and uh, there the was quarterbacks a and Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, and I've, I'm don't know how many of you guys watched the game, but Joe Buck, of course, was on commentary for that, and he said he <laughs> had this quote that he said last night. He said. Uh, he's at least the co-owner of this stadium with Jerry Jones. Exactly. So I'm like, <laughs> you're not wrong about that at all. No, he had, and Murray tweeted out something yesterday. It was like a graphic that someone had obviously pre-made, and it was him like above AT and T Stadium. Yeah, I saw that too. Stuff. I saw that too. And I, it's pretty just cool. like, I mean, that's that's wild. And then in the interview afterwards, he was like, you know, it's it's home, and that's something that means something a lot to him. His family's always there watching when he's in that stadium to kind of come back and rep for your city. Um, it obviously didn't end up the way that we were hoping for as Cowboy fans, but yeah. that's, that is super impressive. I mean, to just never lose in that stadium. And that's a stadium that's intimidating oh my gosh. for anyone. Yeah. And to never lose there, you've got to walk in feeling like the king when you can do that. Right. And I'm sure it's super loud in there. My dad actually went to the game yesterday and it mm-hmm. was, you know, packed full house because it was a big game. And so, yeah, that's that's got to be super intimidating for any away team, even at like a home, the Cowboys too. Like, right. It can get really, really loud in there. So uh, a quick note there, just kind of, it's a bunch of stuff that oddly tied back in to Texas high school football. Uh-huh. We should have just called this like the success of Texas high school football, like current yeah. success of Texas high school football. Yeah. Um, but there they are. Just some headlines across the state. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon talking football in the Lone Star State. We hope you will become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber at TexasFootball.com. Um, our rising magazines are now out, which take a look at hundreds of the top recruits. And this is really that fun part of recruiting season um, with early signing day is now done. Now we have the big time commitments that we're waiting on for national signing day. And so um, it's been it's been a lot of fun to be able to watch that. So make sure to go ahead and get, uh, if you become a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber, then we will send you that new copy of the rising magazine. And, uh, you can take a look at that and keep up with all sorts of stuff in that realm. Um, the other thing, like we had mentioned, that is coming up, UIL realignment is coming up. We will have a ton of inside subscriber content that will have a look at all of Steps realignment previews, um, where we think teams are going to go. Snapchat numbers have been in for a couple of months now, so we're just kind of waiting on the UIL to be able to do that. And that'll be February 3rd, so we will have just a ton 
of insider content. So you want to go to texasfootball.com slash subscribe to get all of that. And you know what? The other thing is, too, it is better to go ahead and do it now. Do it as the new year rolls around so you're not scrambling to become a subscriber when the summer magazine comes out because that's what always happens. People go, we want the magazine shipped. We want the magazine shipped. And, and there is a deadline on when we can get that to you to where you'll get it before everyone else. So if there is anyone in your family that is going to want that magazine and is going to want to have it mailed directly to them, well, then go ahead and do that. TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. We are attempting to get Katie Pato head coach BJ Gott on the phone. So I will make sure that Mallory has the right number here. I've been doing this for <laughs> oh, I've been doing this for I don't know, a couple months now or whatever. This has never happened to me. So Yeah. And it's the new year. People forget. It's just it's just one of those things. So <laughs> we are going to try and attempt to get him on the phone. He said he was going to call me at twelve twenty. It is twelve twenty two. Um, I just tried to call him. If you guys, any of you guys are from Katie Pato, please. <laughs> you're, are you telling people to just go knock on his door? Send an SOS right now so we can talk to our dude. Uh, Even try that number. Um, yeah. So anyway, while we try to get uh, Coach Gott on the phone here, this happens. Welcome to live production. Um Obviously, we'll take you back for a second. Let's go back to the state championship here and um, for 5A Division One. So we had Katie Pato, College Station. This was one we had been looking forward to for the whole weekend. Everyone knew that this was going to be um, in a, a great game, and we went into overtime, and it was probably, realistically, the best game of of the state championship. So 27-24, they ended up pulling out the win. And um, it was impressive. And I think the most impressive thing and something that I'm kind of interested to ask Coach about here is the fact that both of those are very, very new programs. Um, Katie Pato has only been around since 2018, and College Station had only been around seven, eight years. So it's always interesting to see how people – and, like, what interests me the most about it is the fact that – being able to take over a program and get there so quickly, what do, what do you implement? What do you come in saying? What leads to that success? Um, and so that's something that we are super interested in hearing. And it looks like I think we got him here. So um, we will go ahead and Malpal, let's head on to the hotline and welcome in the head coach of those Katie Pato Panthers, Coach BJ Gott. Coach, how are you? I'm good, Ashley. How are you? Doing well. Uh, so, I mean, the first question to, question has got to be, did you have some time to sit there and kind of relish that state championship over the holidays, maybe catch your breath a little bit? I did. I did. It was fun. It, when the dust settled and you kind of stopped and looked around and said, wow, this really happened. I had a little bit of time to decompress, so it was a good break. All right, we'll get to the craziness that was overtime, but I want to go back to to the state championship and talk about kind of the end of that regulation period. You know that you're about to head into overtime on, on the biggest stage of Texas high school football. What did you say to your guys before they took the field to head into overtime? Not much different than we already discussed. You know, we do different situational drills during the year, and we take time to do an overtime drill in practice where we 
go through different scenarios and talk to our kids about if this, then that type deal. So we had kind of already practiced it. So when we went to the sideline and told the kids, we knew if we win the toss defense is going first and this is why. And so it just kind of played out the way we've already practiced it. So we really didn't have to do anything different. The kids kind of were like, okay, this is like we did, you know, a few weeks ago. So we kind of already practiced. We don't have to do much out of the ordinary. And then, obviously, in overtime, so College Station puts up the field goal. Y'all get to go out there on offense, and that's when you had decided that you were going to go for it on that fourth and inches right there about the three-yard line. Um, after, what Was there ever a doubt in your mind when you knew that you were faced with that third down that you were going to go for it? No doubt. I didn't really think twice about it, honestly, when Sarah asked me then, I kind of was like, Oh, there was another option. <laughs> you know, in in my mind it was, you know, you got one yard. You gotta get one yard. The percentages are really high that you get that one yard. And if you do, then I've got four chances to get two. And if we can get two with four chances, that's a heck of a lot easier than snapping, holding, kicking, mm-hmm. then going back on offense and hopefully scoring, which we were I mean, it was up and down. You know, their defense was playing really well. Then putting their offense back out there, which we were kind of hit and miss at that point and, you know, and then kind of matching that. So in my mind, it's like get one yard or all of those other things having to fall into place. You know, I think going for it on fourth down was was kind of a no-brainer for me. Well, clearly you made the right decision there. And, and Jacob <laughs> Brown, obviously the offensive player of the game, 112 rushing yards on 33 carries in that game-winning touchdown. How how special was it for you to get to watch him be the person to to dive into that end zone there and score that game-winning touchdown? It was really cool. It was really neat to get to see a kid who's gone through so much the last five years and overcome so much to be able to see kind of all his hard work come to fruition and, and get in. Um, I'm happy for all of our kids, you know, all 11, those guys out there, you know, getting to, to score in that way to, to win the game was really neat. And your defense came up big there, but I mean, that was just, I mean, par for the course when you take a look at what y'all did the rest of the season, only allowing 11.6 points per game. They play, we were just, shocked by how physical and aggressive they were what do you tell those guys to get them to go out there and play like their hair's on fire just play in and play out our defensive staff does a great job coach Hinkleman our defensive coordinator you know he's been with me since we've begun and we've put in a system and we we get a ton of reps in practice we don't necessarily change a lot what we do throughout the year we we're going to do what we do and get really good at it and try to out execute and out physical people I think you know, the more confident your kids are in what they do, the faster and more physical they can play. So that's kind of our philosophy. And, you know, our coaches did a great job preparing them. And they did a great job job all year preparing them and giving them reps so they're confident, try to play as confident and fast as they can. Now, I always love asking coaches that are able to do what you did and take a program from scratch. I mean, the, you, you took over this program in 2018 and you built it up to now a state championship program in just a handful of years. Kind of what are, what are the keys to being able to take that from the ground foundation and, and make it into a state championship program? It's, it's crazy, Ashley. It's <laughs> unbelievable. That's kind of the craziest thing about this whole deal is, you know, when you leave a program is, is, uh, is Katie high school and you open up something from the ground floor, you look and see where you have to go to get to that point And it just doesn't seem realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, you, 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 it's a goal, you have it and that's what you're competing for, but to actually get to that point and have success this early is something that, you know, you really don't, 
I mean, you work towards, but you don't necessarily think <laughs> can necessarily happen. So for it to happen, it's a testament to our community, our kids, our administration, just working hard and giving us a chance to do it. It's pretty unbelievable. It absolutely was unbelievable. And was there ever a moment in the season that you kind of knew, oh, man, like we we not only have the kids to do this, but we've got the juice to go up and, and make our way to AT&T Stadium? Yeah, there were kind of two two points in the season. I guess the first one was that first Hightower game mm-hmm. when we played them because they're a very good football team, um, and they had played some really good teams leading up to that and for us to come out, and everything kind of fell our way in that game um but our kids played well and you kind of go well we might be we might be as good as what maybe our our record and scores indicate and then and then you know we kind of get in the playoffs and we knew getting through region three was going to be tough you know cedar park manville hightower port arthur memorial those are the teams right off the bat that stood out to you um and then once we got uh, past Cedar Park and played them like we did. It was kind of like, oh, wow, you know, those guys were the defending <laughs> uh, regional champs. And we got past them. And then that same day, we went and watched Hightower and Manville. And that game turned out the way it did. At that point, I was like, okay, I mean, we might actually have a chance to do this. So both weeks going into Hightower, I guess one on the back end and the other on the front was kind of like, wow, this might, this might really happen. <laughs> and then I – the city of Katy itself is no stranger to, to bringing home a state championship. Have you noticed support from the town of, oh, man, we don't just have one program anymore that can go out there and compete for a state championship. We have two programs now. Have you kind of noticed that sense around the town? No, absolutely. The city of Katy has been wonderful. Um, you know, old friends, teammates, colleagues, um, you know, we are real, it's a big, you know, it's, it's grown quite a bit since we grew up here, but <laughs> you know, just the, no matter how big it's grown, there's always had that kind of small town touch and, you know, from people that I've worked with, from people I've grown up with, haven't heard from in years, all reaching back out and talking about how proud they are and how excited they are for us. And, um, it's, it's a really cool, it's a really cool thing. And then finally, Coach, I've got to ask you, obviously UIL realignment is coming up, and it, it's looking like projection number-wise you're, you're probably going to be moving up there. But that's something that it's like y'all are pretty used to at this point. Is that just kind of mm-hmm. more fuel to the fire of saying, hey, if we can win one in 5A, let's go win one in 6A? Well, I mean, that's a whole other animal. But, you know, we, we, knew, we knew that third realignment we were going to be 6A and kind of building our program and creating a – the culture of success was important to us when we started, you know, um, we've grown really fast, but you know, the kids that have been here and the kids we've had success with are the kids that we had when we were three and seven. A lot of these kids were sophomores, 17, uh, that we had that very first varsity year. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's been a process, but we know it's going to be a challenge. We're excited for the opportunity. We enjoyed our, our run in, in 5A and now, the next step for our program and school is to go compete in 6A. And, you know, it's going to be a heck of a challenge, but we're, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get ready. We'll, we'll be ready to do our best and we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Well, coach, Hey, congratulations again on bringing home that state championship. And thank you for giving us one heck of a football game to watch there that <laughs> night. Best of luck next season. And we'll, we'll be talking to you soon. Thanks. Ashley. I appreciate it. There he goes, Katie Pato head coach, BJ God. And I mean, how cool is it to kind of hear in his voice 
how much it means to him that they were able to turn that program into a success so quickly. Oh, yeah. You can tell. I mean, just by, like, hearing him talk, like, he's so passionate about his yeah. kids. And he's just, like, the. I mean, you, you heard it. The entire city of, of Katy is in support of this program as well. And it's really cool to, to hear that. Right. And that's one of those things, too, is that's the type of person that you're – that's why I love you're talking to coaches for. that have built something from the ground up. One, I think that that's just, like, just humanly, I think that's awesome to start something from scratch and mm-hmm. to, to turn it into a success. I think – Everyone can agree that in anything you do, that's cool. But especially when it comes to coaching young men and to being able to do something like that and to see a coach have success like that is just so cool. And that's that's the type of human that it takes to be able to turn something like that into a success is someone mm-hmm. who who has pride, who has passion in it, who who sits there and goes, man, it's just crazy to think about, you know, how cool is this? And to recognize, I love the fact too, that he did recognize how cool that is. Some people, some people try to play it off and it's like, no man, you know, that's cool. And coach God knew exactly what I meant when, when, when we asked that question. And that that was the cool thing about that game too, is that both teams, Katie Pato and college station are just in their first couple of years as a program Mm -hmm. and seeing them both compete for a or state title game, (laughs) not national. (sighs) uh, state title game that's so incredible and both coaches are the same way both super humble and Mm -hmm. and just love their kids yeah I I genuinely think it takes a special kind of person to really start a program from scratch and to get success like that so congratulations again to the to the Katie Pato Panthers and coach BJ got on their incredible season and I meant that when I said it they provided us with a really stinking fun football game when we really needed it because that was the night game of the third night uh-huh. And I can tell you from, and you know this from covering two of them now. If that third game of the third night is a, bad. is bad, you start to lose struggling, like struggling hard. Yeah, so. and that that was the game I was doing the instant reaction on. Uh-huh. So I was just like, all right, g- give me something good, good. to talk about, yep. you know. And it was no short. Yeah, of that. And we were like overtime. <laughs> yeah, we Let's were so go. excited. <laughs> so we appreciate Coach BJ got for joining us there. Um, all right. I guess we will head on over to Malpal for America's favorite segment, Final Thoughts. We'll do a programming note. Uh, of course, we'll have a show tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday, but we will not have a show on Friday. And again, you're going to hear it all week. You're still stuck with us. You're still <laughs> going to be stuck with us all week and uh, next week, too, I believe. So, yep. yes, be on the lookout for more shows to continue. Yeah, almost almost a normal week back. We will not be having a show on Friday. I am off on Friday, um, but we will be back. I, next week will be our first full, full, full week in um, in a little while. But, yeah, we'll have, we'll have all our reg- regular programming stuff. And um, I could... Yeah. Uh, I could do a solo show on Friday. I'm kidding. Shoot, man, go for it. (laughs) What what would we talk about? (laughs) Michigan State versus Pitt, all right? (laughs) If you guys want to hear that, I'll do a solo show for you. So, yeah, if you're looking for your uh, Michigan State (laughs) post-bowl recap, uh, Mallory Artley will be here on Texas Football Today on Friday. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending a part of your day with us. Make sure to like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's YouTube, YouTube youtube.com. Subscribe on YouTube. Yeah. We need to start throwing that. that in there. Actually, we're gonna. I'm gonna implement that. Yeah. Hit the subscribe button. YouTube.com/slash Dave Campbell's TF. Instagram. Instagram.com/slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. And of course, see us on TexasFootball.com. Thank you again to our guest, Katie Pato, head coach BJ Gott. For Mallory Hartley, I'm Ashley Pickle. Vince Young, please come get your Player of the Year trophy. We will see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.